When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. Man, it feels it feels like it's been a minute since we've recorded a podcast, bro. Um, another episode of Hashtag Saints Twitter Podcast coming at you. Uh, this is going to be what we call our combine buzz episode. Um, we're going to talk some things Saints-wise, as we always do, but... The start of the combine is always kind of like that first pillar of it actually being the off season slash draft season. Um, and the combine started this week, yesterday. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the combine this year. Um, we went through the process, actually got credentialed, but because I got credentialed, like a few days before I would need to fly out, it just like the flights, the flights were the, sh- were the shitty part. Like they were mostly all red eyes and, and it was just like, you know what? It was just too much hassle. And then today, Dennis Allen is scheduled to speak to people at 2 PM in Indianapolis at the convention center. Fucking doesn't even happen. So I was looking at being out of $600, which I don't, like, the, the, the cost didn't really matter to me, right? I just had some things I wanted to ask Dennis Allen or, or Mickey Lewis myself. So if I would have went <laughs> and I would have saw, like, that tweet that he he rescheduled his, his pressure and then he didn't show up or whatever, oh, I, I would have. <laughs> so it all worked out in terms of me not, me not going. Um, but let's start with the biggest 
the biggest thing. Well, before, before we talk about football, can we? I just want to give you. I mean, I know I, I texted you and everything, but uh, another belated happy birthday. Big hey. fold fo- zero. Old as shit. <laughs> this bitch. Um, and on on top of that, my man uh, was on off the bench with uh, Dylan, our boy Dilly slash Dylan Sanders uh, was on ESPN Baton Rouge uh, filling in for T-Bob. He had you come on. You did like a spot for four to five minutes. I just, just, it was on your birthday, but just the fact, and that's crazy. All that was yesterday. And I've been working like a dog lately, bro. I feel like that was like a week ago. Like that was just yesterday. But like what what we're able what we're building and everything uh is is just good to see so how, how was your birthday i know you spent some time in new orleans through mardi gras and all that you know what any big plans what's 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 on ryan's plates celebrate the big boat zero oh man you know i don't i'm like you bro i'm not a big birthday guy where i need to do all these uh you know extravagant things my wife Always trying to get me to do something, plan a trip or something. But I don't know, man. I just try not to make it a big deal. You know, I'm all about, like, just the little things. Like, my wife brought me a nice cake, a nice little football-themed almond white cake and some balloons. You know, that shit right there is enough for me. You know, and I had, like, a – I had a fire-ass weekend, like, just in my in New Orleans. Like, I got all the New Orleans I needed, like, you know. Because this was the first Mardi Gras since the pandemic started, man. Yeah, man. Because they didn't have Mardi Gras last year. And even the Mardi Gras in 2020 was kind of cut short because the pandemic was kind of just starting. So it was kind of... Oh, weird. yeah. That's right. Because it, it would have been... Yeah, it would have been like February, early March. Yeah. It was March, yeah. And then like a week after, that's when like all the lockdowns... Shut down, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was real weird. So this was like... Even though a pandemic's still going on, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, ain't nobody gave a shit, bro. Like it was, it was, it was out there, bro. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. So I'm good, man. Forty, I'm here. Got to do ESPN, you know, Louisiana ESPN with uh, Dilly. That was awesome. Um, you know, we trying to just expand our brand. On that note, I had mentioned on Twitter about us oh. using profanity. Yes, that was. Thank you for bringing it up. Now, I, I can't pull up the poll now, but it was like by far, everybody was like, man, look, keep cussing. Because my, my pops, my pops are pastors, so he was like, I can't listen to that. I can't listen to your podcast because too much cussing on there. I don't like that. And, you know, I get it. He's a pastor. He's going to feel that way. You know, time, it's, yeah, you know what's funny is when I, when I was telling my girl about the poll, and, you, you know, and what your dad said, I prefaced it by saying, now keep in mind, Ryan's dad is a man of the cloth. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it makes it. Interesting enough, one of the times I was in Texas these, these last couple of months, uh, my uncle told me the same thing. Keep in mind, my uncle, if you're if your dad is the man of the cloth, my uncle would be all my all my fucking ways of I can be or I have been in the past in terms of just wilding out. And if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. Um, 
I got all that from him. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? And so I looked at him, I was like, and, and he cusses like a sailor. And I said, uh-huh. you out of all people <laughs> are asking. And I said, no, not gonna happen. Even Bree, even been Bree, you know, you know my wife, my wife cuss cuss like uh, a sailor times 20. But he was, she like, oh, you need to cut down on the curse words. So you know what? I said, I'm going to meet y'all halfway. I'm going to try to limit the profanity because there's a good point. You know, it does limit, you know, who can listen. You know, a lot of people like to listen to football podcasts in the morning, taking the kids to work. And, I mean, taking the kids to school and stuff like that. So I'm going to limit my profanity, you know, try to stay away from the F-bombs and the B-words and all that stuff. But shit, bro, like, look. It's us, like man, like man, we got we got to be us at a certain extent. So for sure, you know, it, is what it is, you know. And that, and, and that was like the biggest thing for us when fans started approached us, and you know, we did that meeting with, with Patrick Allen. Right, is we wanted to be sure, like we weren't gonna be censored. We right. weren't gonna, you know, not one iota of our podcast to be changed, and that's why we agreed to join the Minute Media Podcast Network was because our um authenticity and our us just being our genuine selves like that's just what our podcast is so anything that we would have had to censor change it wouldn't be us that said you know i will try to cut back but at the same time bro <laughs> you know who we talk about like <laughs> like what what am i supposed to say when when Caesar Relief Reese is like pulling and just falling his fat ass down the fucking ground, what am I supposed right. to say? Like, <laughs> you telling me I'm supposed to like censor myself? Hell no, <laughs> can't do it. Um, so let's talk about the biggest story Saints related coming out of Indianapolis this week. And the first person that really got on top of it, and I, man, I, I know. NFL teams fucking can't stand Mike Florio, bro. I know they can't stand his ass. But basically, he was the first person to report it. And then uh, other people asked Chris Greer, the Dolphins GM, today, and he pretty much confirmed it, is basically the Miami Dolphins, during their head, head coach search, reached out to the Saints about Sean Payton's availability, you know, maybe one C. He'd be open to come into Miami if they could make a trade for Sean. And Florio's story was that the Dolphins plan, and if you know Stephen Ross, if you've been following Steve Ross these last couple of years, man, just like we thirsty for, like, anything wet for at wide receiver, this man just wants a quarterback. Like, he uh-huh. he don't care. Obviously, he didn't care that Deshaun Watson had 22 sexual <laughs> abuse allegations, bro. So the fact that Florio put it out there that the Dolphins wanted to get Sean Payton and get Tom Brady, and I was like, well, this makes a lot of fucking sense because Tom Brady wanted to come to New Orleans and if if, if Drew Brees didn't return his final year. Like, it kind of all adds up. It really does. Interesting to me, though, is that how quickly it sounds like the Saints just completely rebuffed it. Now, and that's why I wanted to bring it up and talk to you about is the reason for that quick rebuffing. Was it, was it just, they, was it optics? Is like, he just stepped down and we don't want to go and turn around and then trade him, Or was it, 
you know, Florio's story was more the NFL kind of caught wind of this, and or it was the NFL that caught wind of it, and Stephen Ross. And as soon as the Brian Flores lawsuit hit, like the optics of <laughs> let me yeah. trade for this white head coach and like get Tom Brady after all the allegations he made, bro, you, bro, he could have walked in the court, his shot on the judge's bench, and still got the right verdict that he wanted. But it's just, I just want to talk about the quick rebuffing that it sounds like the Saints were just like, nah, no, no, we're, we're just going to stop you there. And why you, why would they have been that quick to rebuff it? Because let's be real about it. Sean, that Sean Payton contract for what, I believe the next three years is the most valuable trade asset that they have on the entire team. It is. Yeah, so it's hard to know, like, why, you know, the Saints rebuffed it. But to me, I just think it's such a big chess piece that they're holding, a big bargaining chip, that they, they're not going to sell so quick. You know what I'm saying? Also, I do think that I think it, it would have rubbed a lot of people wrong. I think they are sensitive to the nature of the New Orleans public that, you know, shipping him to the Dolphins with Tom Brady, uh, that, that's just something that it, it, would have been a, it would have been a tough pill to swallow for Saints fans, I mean, just to be honest. And the Saints are sensitive to that, man. They are very much sensitive to the feeling of the public because they live here. I mean, they live in New Orleans. They got to walk are, around. Are they? You know yeah, they are. Like, I'm not saying that they listen to us. <laughs> I'm saying, like being <laughs> But it's like, you know, it's like the thing with the whole Andy Davis, you know, you know, like Florida reported that apparently, you know, Sean Payton was about to leave, you know. And then it was like, you know, you lose Andy Davis and you lose Sean Payton at the same time. Do we want to go through that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they kind of understand how that, you know, that dynamic can be. So I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where they really don't have to rush to get rid of Sean Payton. They got his contract. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's on the books. So you could just wait until somebody is thirsty, thirsty. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the point I'm making because it sounds like like we know Stephen Ross. I I think they probably could have gotten, even without flinching, like even without even... Dex still could be a player at some point. I don't know about the Tom Brady part, but at least the Sean Payton part. But, you know, and I think Florio was on it with the league. I don't know if he had sources on it or not, but Stephen Ross might not be an owner in two years, bro. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, like, they would have vetoed that trade so fucking quick. It would have been like the Chris Paul to, like, the Lakers trade that David Stern was yeah, like, no. Exactly. I'm, exactly. And there's so many parts to this because there's the Stephen Ross part. Then there's the Sean Payton part. Which we know Goodell and the league, you know, they got a little history there. You know what I'm saying? You know, I remember the other uh, league uh, voiding Sean's contract when he came back from Bodyguard because they had some language in it that was tied oh, to making make it Man, that's right. right. Yeah, I forgot all yeah. about that shit. So it's like they they have this thing going on where it's going to have to be clean and it's going to have to work for the league. 
because look, coaches don't get traded a lot. So the oh. league has 100% control over it. They could just say yay or nay. So I do think there's a lot of mechanics going on with it. But, you know, I, obviously it's true that the Dolphins, at the very least, made that call just to see what was up. It, well, yeah, I mean, that, that was confirmed today. It's, I think what I find interesting is that the Saints team as an organization – they pick and choose when they want to hold on to emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, and, may, and this is, and I think I've gotten a lot of context because me and my girl, we finished watching the, uh, I think it's on Peacock, like the Joe, Mon- Joe Montana thing on Peacock, where it's like, you know, goes through his career in San Francisco, mm-hmm. then he got traded to Kansas City. And like the last episode, you know, he got he was hurt before the season, and then Steve Young was starting, and like the the coach uh, George was it Seifert? Yeah, just just basically didn't want Joe Montana to be around because he felt like it, he was just creating so much of a power struggle, oh, and yeah. the basically the outcome and we all know it is that the 49ers as an organization just chose to trade Joe Montana just because of like him being quote unquote the distraction and they wanted to start Steve Young, blah, blah. And what I, and it just reminded me of teams at the end of the day, they need to know when they need to do what's best for the team and take uh-huh. emotions out of it. And uh-huh. to me, the way I read it, and I could be completely wrong, but the way I read it was like why? Like I guess my point is like why would you just completely rebuff them like from jump? Like if I'm the Saints, if they're calling, then I'm putting that on speakerphone, putting my feet on the desk, and I'm just listening. Just, just, just listen, just to see. Because who? Like again, we're talking about a thirsty owner. Stephen Ross could have said, "I'll trade." You. We don't know, right? But. If you don't listen, Stephen Ross, in theory, could have said, I'll give you fucking four first-round picks for Sean Payton to right. trade for the rights for him. As a team, like, you not, you know what I'm saying? So, again, I, I think, and I don't think, but they've just shown at times, like, yes, we're going to do this because it's in the team's best interest. But other times, they, they do things, and their actions are still like this. There's this um, um, emotional attachment to it. It's like, y'all got to either be this is business and business is business like all the right. time. You know what I'm saying? Like this picking and choosing that that's the only thing that I, the biggest thing I took from it. I think you're a hundred percent right. Like there is, they may be a thirstier team, Jerry Jones, whatever. <laughs> Bro, here Mike McCarthy talk about the Sean Payton thing lingering in the combine. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this man is getting cuckold in that bitch, bro. <laughs> yeah, that gotta be the worst position ever, bro. <laughs> It reminds me of um, when the, the year that the Chiefs dra- or, or drafted Patrick Mahomes, oh, they had yeah. like Alex Smith come in there and <laughs> watch the tape of him at Texas. <laughs> 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 Shit. Um, anyway, so you're right. There may be a team later down the line that – does it are even are even more desperate like it it wouldn't shock me at all and maybe that 
then a year has passed, two years has passed. But I'm also looking from the Saints' perspective is that you got a three-year window, right? Like, once that three years is up, Sean Payton can sign with any team he fucking wants, and then you don't get anything. Right. So you have to be wise and smart about that. Now, obviously, whoever, if he gets traded to a team, it's going to have to be a team that he wants to go coach. So that creates, like, a lot of – problems in itself like if he doesn't want to go to the team mm-hmm. then there's really nothing to talk about and that for sure may have played and, into and, and i 100 believe that they're working with sean Payton on this yeah oh for sure oh, 100%. Like, so it wouldn't surprise me if they called sean Payton like hey would you want to go to play for the dolphins like coach for the dolphins nah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i don't know i don't know if that's the case or not you know what i'm saying wouldn't like, that be wouldn't that have been weird? Not weird, but just like a such a storyline that Tom Brady returning back to the to AFC East, coached by oh Sean Payton. Bruh. It'd been juicy, but I wouldn't be able to stand it. Like that would be the worst. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, what the f- are you kidding me? Like Drew Drew can uh, 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 talk about emotions, right? I just Man. I just brought it up. Like, I know, I know. I know Tom Brady didn't have the best season that season or his last season in New England, but and this is come and I and I get it right. Drew said he, he wants to come back. He you know he's coming back, but you know like to me saying no to Tom Brady that that was an emotional decision. Oh yeah, right because he could have been like all right Tom you want to come here come on in and Drew wants to come back you just kind of hold your hands up like like Drunsky and be like. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no business, because that would have completely destroyed the relationship. Completely, the space. but completely would have destroyed it. But, but when the Niners did it in the day, yeah, Steve young Steve Wong, young won him a, a Super Bowl in '95. Well, this is this is all hindsight, right? I'm just this is all. But I'm just saying, in theory, if they would have, if Tom Brady who wanted to come to the Saints when he was a free agent, then they would have said, all right. Do it and Drew want and then Drew made his mind is like, Oh, I want to come back, and maybe he had to be like, Oh, sorry, we already got Tom. If Tom Brady went with it, would have won a Super Bowl as a Saint that season. I, just saying, I, I don't know, and that's it's easy for me to say because I'm a fan, um, and I don't have to think, but I think it's also easier for me to say is that we're fans who are emotionally detached, right? Right? Like, if this is Adam. 10 years ago, the thought of like, bruh, if I like if I would have heard that Tom Brady and like they the Saints coach are doing Drew, I would have been irate, bro. I'm like, All what? Right, man. They did what to Drew? Like on the hips. Like <laughs> <laughs> just no, no. Now, man, get, can we just enjoy that Super Bowl experience again, bro? And just that that euphoria feeling. I don't care what it takes. Oh, <laughs> real. that a team won the Super Bowl in this fucking city and you would have never fucking known. And I, that's, that, that's that is real. When the Dodgers that's won, crazy, when the Dodgers won, you knew about it. When the Lakers won, you knew about oh. it. Oh, yeah. The Rams won? Nigga, it's business as usual out here, bro. Just keep, <laughs> like, it's just, 
it's just not it's this is not a full it's it's this is a Raiders town. This is a Raiders oh. city. So I just I just want to just get that feeling again. So again, it's easier for me to say, and I know a lot of our listeners who listen are they're some are getting some are getting very well being emotionally disconnected and detaching. And props to you guys and y'all keep it up. But there are still some that are still heavily attached. Bruh, just give us a championship. I'm, I'm trade Sean to where the fuck else. Get some picks. Like, you got to do what's best for the like team. Me? Like, Sean is done in my book. I'm done with him. Oh, bruh, bruh okay. I saw that, that fucking picture was it on Saints Instagram or whatever. Like, oh, it's Sean that Waddy Brown. Not that neutral ground. Get him the fuck out of here. I don't, get, get him out. Like, move on. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Appreciate everything you did, but I'm done with him. Like, move on. I have never been the type of person that after a breakup with a girl, you know, I gotta like I'm stalking their social media, I'm seeing what trips they go on. I'm get, like, if we done, we're done. Right. <laughs> oh, nothing to do with you. Whether I broke it up, broke it off, you broke it off, I don't care. We're done. A lot of people though, when you know, and I know you a lot of people aren't built that way, bro. They they stalking social media, they checking pictures, they why? There are, there are some Saints fans that still feel Sean could come back. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about, man? Like, <laughs> but I do feel, I feel for like New Orleans Saints fans, Pel- Pelicans fans, and all that stuff. Is that whole, you know? I posted that Will Smith, man. Why you don't want me no more, man? Like, man. Like, I mean, yeah, at, at least the Pelicans are getting a little better news in regards to Zion, but bro, yeah, they still, are. They are, but, but it's just like a lot of, it's just a lot of, you know. Why are we not good enough? Is, like, why, 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 why am I not good enough? You know? <laughs> like, like, damn, nigga, we went nine and eight with the shit Ross, like, with, with no weapons. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to run this back? Like, <laughs> I, just whatever, man. Um, let's get to the biggest. So that was, that was the biggest same storyline that came out during combine. Yeah. Let's get to the biggest, two biggest stories. One, let's start with this Kyle Murray bullshit, bruh. Mm. This whole situation, and I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast, driving around, working today, and it seems like, and it sucks because I, I wanted some fucking fireworks, but it seems like there's not going to be like a lot of big, Movement, trade market, quarterbacks moving around, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, probably gonna be yeah. status quo. They stay where they're gonna stay. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, the Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo's trade is gonna happen. Carson Wentz is probably gonna get cut. But this Kyler thing, like if there's something that does happen, and it's interesting because the Cardinals, it was announced that Steve Com was yeah. tipsy ass. Um and Kip Kingsbury got extended to like 2026 or some shit or 2027 a day. 27, man, long extension. Long, that's five years, bro. And so it's, and just a quick, maybe if, if you're uninitiated, you don't know, there was these quotes that came out during like Super Bowl weekend where like these unnamed sources, like Chris Mortensen was like, Kyle Murray is like, like a selfish player, bigger points, he's a loner, he's addicted to video games, selfish, blah, blah. And then there's this, like, this just back and forth, bro. That's what's been, just back and forth. And then, like, Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, 
released released his, which is I was confused for a second because I thought Eric, like I thought it was Kevin Burkhart, the guy who calls NFL games, and I was like, he's an agent now. Anyway, um, and he puts out this Michael Michael and Barty <laughs> called it a ransom letter, bro. <laughs> Basically, like, uh, I want to be here, but like, you need you niggas need to fuck pay me if I'm gonna be here, and I want to win. It it was just like this. It just feels t- like contentious and tense, and it might get worked out because we know how things are. Sometimes shit gets hot and then it works out, and cooler has prevailed. Prime example is like the whole Michael Thomas situation, but right now this shit seems messy. It really does, and it does kind of feel like something could happen. Like, I could see him getting moved, bro. Like, I don't know. It's if the Eagles, if the Eagles called up, I mean, it's, it's in a, it's NFC to NFC, so I probably couldn't see that. But if the Eagles were to call up the Cardinals and say, "We give you all our first, all our picks in, in just the first round, 15, 19, whatever else they pick," Cardinals, would that be enough? I don't know. Uh, I think it, you know, it would have to include a QB, and you know, they missed it on their Ronald the League podcast that the owner of the Cardinals is apparently like knows Deshaun Watson really well. So it's Ooh. like, it's like, is that something I could, I could see that move, man? Like, oh, like a, a collar for a Deshaun Watson trade? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Texans, obviously, they'll take it. Oh, for sure. Throw, throw Absolutely. Some with, throw some picks with it. And from the Cardinals' perspective, you know, obviously, you know, with the <laughs> caveat, you got to see a, what happens. That is such a gross, man. Whoever the PR person, that trade were to go down for the Cardinals, bro, I would just quit. I'd say, you know what? I'm not built for this. I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Like, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> But it's like, you know, from the Cardinals' perspective, it's like, you know, who do you, you're going to pay somebody. And it sounded like they don't want to pay Kyler. They don't want to pay him. That, so I think, thank you for saying that, right? Because the first reports that came out from Mortensen about like all like the, the anonymous source or whatever, like that shit came from Arizona. Someone within the Cardinals, either the front office, has to be the front office, put that out because. Ultimately, whatever maybe Kyle is asking for in terms of his contract extension, they don't want to meet that number. And they, they, they put this out to the media, and then so then what happens, right? So then fans are like, it, it's, it's about public perception. Fans are like, oh, well, shit, if Kyle is a bad teammate, then not, not, he, doesn't need, he doesn't need to get paid. Right? He gets, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, all, it's all politics and kind of just, just posturing. But I mean, what is up with Cardinals fans? Do y'all not remember y'all going like <laughs> seven and zero to start the season? And nigga, you know. I I tweeted I said because I saw some Cardinals fans on my there's a there's a guy who I follow who's like a storm a storm chaser and he's he is like he lives in Arizona he's a Cardinals fan and he was like retweeting all these like negative things about Kyle and I was like oh y'all want to go back to Josh Rosen? <laughs> <laughs> y'all remember Matt Leiter like <laughs> like. Take it from like a t- like a fan of a team where shit like we we got Jameis and Jameis is like all right well we don't got him but like if he gets resigned like like whatever but like 
what's behind door number two? And you got, I would put Kyle in top 10 ish. I know he had like a, we plummeted um, towards the end of the season, but I, I, the talent is still top 10. Like, you want to you go behind door number two and I know what door number two is behind this door number two? He's going into his four year, man. Like, we got to calm down a little bit. You know what I mean? Look, Stafford just won the Super Bowl. He's been in the league, what, 12 years and, you know, with a you know, middling career. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did, he wasn't even beating winning teams. I, I can't remember the stats, but, like, he was, like, they beat, like, two winning teams over his whole career with the Tri- with the Lions. Crazy stuff like that. Like, yeah, so I remember. Like, so it's like you, you just don't know. It's hard to know with these quarterbacks, man. It's like so much goes into it. And um, I, I also say, and I also say this in regards to Kyler, and this is coming from someone obviously like I believe red and black Texas Tech, right? Cliff Kingsbury had nuts to just convince. Arizona to just get rid of Josh Rosen and drop Kyler number one overall. But, like, his coaching at times leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, without question. And now they got him for five more years. So, like, I could I could see if Kyler were to get traded, you know, obviously he would have to be paired with, like, a good offensive coach. I could see him even developing even more as a, as a player. I mean, it wouldn't happen, but if I was like Kyle Shanahan, I don't know. Oh, I mean, try to work a three way trade or something. I don't know. Uh, you, you tweeted it. You wish that the NFL had that, that three way trade. That'd oh, be, man. That'd be fun. That'd be fun as shit. Um, so let's, let's keep an eye out on this because it's just insanely fascinating to me. The second biggest thing I want to talk about. And I tweeted this during the season because sometimes, I don't know, man, like the NFL and, and players' contracts and shit, it just kind of like flashes, right? And I, I, don't, I saw C.D. Lamb was blossoming. This is before Michael Gallup got hurt. And I was like – and then there was that whole thing where Amari Cooper like missed – like quite a fucking few games because he was he's not vaccinated. He missed all those games and they were like right in like their playoff push or whatever and and he wasn't playing. And I just tweeted, I was like, man, I think CD Lamb was coming was becoming more of the wide receiver one in that offense. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I would not be surprised if Dallas just, you know, did something with Mark Cooper this offseason. And then sure enough at the combine whispers and Greg Rosenthal's been kind of all over it just in terms of just basically Dallas is kind of approaching Mamari Cooper like, hey, bro, maybe you take a fucking pay cut. I'm not paying you that $20 Hell. million. And uh, Amari Cooper is not going to take a fucking pay cut. That is no. not going to happen. So I it's mean, not it's a what, two, Isn't it like two year remove? Yes. Year, two years remove? I'm like... Two years. Oh, they got to pay Dak and Amari. We got to figure out how to keep Amari. This is something I think changed so quickly. Man, talk about it. And we don't know if it's going to happen, but one of the juicier storylines that may happen this offseason is that Amari Cooper might just get flat out cut slash released, or he may get traded. And 
that would be not huge, but it's still pretty big in, in terms of like the the grand scheme of things in regards to like NFL movement. You think he commands a one first rounder? I would say no, because age, injuries, and then he still has like that contract in place. Yeah. You know, because some team is going to be like, well, instead of draft, instead of trading for him, I'm just going to draft and hope that the person I draft is younger in the first round. I got them for five years, super cheap. I could see. He still has this problem where he, he disappears. He does. You stick a good cornerback on, and that's you know, like it's a good cornerback, so I understand. But you know, cornerbacks can take him out the game, bro. I've seen, I've seen Lattimore do it. You know, I've yep. seen a couple of uh, cornerbacks do it. Just slay, you know, just take him out. And he's the non-factor. I could see, and I, I don't know if Jerry would do this because I know they like to like, even they feel kind of to a degree like to try to take care of their players. But if I'm Jacksonville, or Jacksonville, I don't, I don't know if Indy has any picks, but if I'm Jacksonville, man, I'm offering my, what, number 33, 33 pick overall? Yeah. And say, hey, Dallas, y- y'all go ahead and trade trade him over to, over here. Um, if you're Cleveland, I don't, oh, yeah. like, they're, I can see Cleveland doing it too. I don't know if they would do it with their, their pick because they're picking 13 overall. I couldn't see no, them giving up that. 13 because I, I would just draft on Olave or Garrett Wilson and just pray that they end up good. But it's just I would not be shocked if Mario Cooper gets, gets moved this offseason. Not, yeah, not with that. Um, I, anything, I do too. I really do. And I just I felt that way even during, during the season. It was good to hear – uh, shout out! I, I'm the only person I saw put it up, so I'm going to give credit to, to Ross Jackson. Um, when Chris Olave was at the podium, you know, he was talking about he had talked to Michael Thomas. He stays in contact with him, and blah blah, um, and that he would he would love to get drafted by the Saints. And it would, uh-huh. it would, and I was like, oh, oh speaking my love language, Mister Olave. <laughs> like, my lips, like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he and, and so it's so funny because I will say as a prospect, and I've had this discussion with a friend of mine, he is not getting the love and the hype that he deserves as a wide receiver's prospect. And I think, I, think a, so I think a lot of that ties to if you just go if you put on his tape from last season when he when he had Justin Fields. Chris Olave and Justin Fields make beautiful music. Oh, beautiful yeah. music. Um, I don't even. I don't really have like a good comp for Chris Olave. Like I'm trying to think one, and I'm like I'm just not. I really don't, man. And I'm pretty, good, <laughs> pretty good at comps, but like I can't think of a good one for him. Um, I I have one. No, no, don't like that either. Because I was gonna say the the your version of like Lance Moore. No, he does give me some less more. Right? But like the Dior just, version, though. <laughs> yeah, like he's fast. Like, you know, Lance Moore was more of like a quicker quick and yes. fast, but yes. Lavin, he's got speed. He's about to burn yeah. up. I, I think he's gonna run like four three, maybe like low four four. Like he's low, gonna four four. I can easily see like official time being like a four four three or something like that. Yes. Um, so 
I, I want to say like a Dior version of a of a of a um, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, what have you. But he he was great with Justin Fields when Ohio State went to CJ Stroud, and I and I've watched some Crystal and I watched Crystal Lave tape from this season. They were not on like CJ Stroud didn't look for Chris Olave. Um, they were like not on the same page, and it seems like CJ Stroud kind of focused in a lot more on Garrett Wilson. Um, and I just really think that people still like are underrating how good Chris Olave is as a wide receiver prospect. Um, and I was I was like surprised he went back he went back to school um, yeah. last drop season. I thought he was going to declare. Um, yeah, I remember. But that said, you know, I, I've been pushing it, you know, the two, the two wide receivers I love the most is Jamison Williams, because I think he's a legit stud, um, could be a number one, given the opportunity, if healthy. And then my number two wide receiver is Chris Olave. And I'm very, very confident in that. And he would, I, I guess, assuming that similar to Sean Payne's offense that, you know, Carmichael's going to call, he would fit the offense so oh, yeah. well. So well, bro. Easily. Fitting like a glove. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh gimme, man. Like I've been posting that all day. What are you thinking? Gimme, gimme. Yes. 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 Like, yes, something all I, of them. Gimme. So, something I will say, and I you might not be there at 18. Um, because I think I just I don't know why he having this feeling that the Eagles are gonna draft him. But I, I saw some of Trayvon Burks today, and he looked a little leaner. Like just all right, his his podium game. We was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, look, he doesn't drop drop a few pounds, right? Because like as as a player, like you put on Traylon Burks film, you like, oh shit, this is a bowler. But like, <laughs> it's funny how you and I had the exact same reaction, and you didn't even yeah. you didn't sully me before I watched him. But the first day I texted you when I was watching him is like. Is this nigga fat? Like yeah. <laughs> you couldn't help. And keep in mind, people who are listening to this, Ryan and I can pinpoint this so quickly is because we're fat niggas. So like, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like so, we know. <laughs> we know. Right? He can move, right? Like it. It seemed like he like defies physics. <laughs> like for him to be that size. To, mm. So if he's if he's Slimming down, you drop a weight, and obviously the, the weigh-ins are, are going to happen and all that. I believe they start tomorrow. I, I he it's just and he's going to get the the Debo bump, bro. He's going to get the Debo bump. Yeah. He absolutely is. He's going. Absolutely. I think he's. I I think he will be off the board before the Saints draft it or before the Saints get on the clock on eighteen if they stay at eighteen. Um, but he and I don't. I don't know if Philly has the balls to go wide receiver three years in a row, but I guess you can kind of do that. They got got three, right? Yeah. 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 So you have the luxury. Like, yeah, I I just have a feeling, bro. Like one of them is going to be a wide receiver. I think it's going to, I just feel Traylon Burks going to them. I just, I I just can't, can't shake that feeling for whatever reason. Um, Anything else from the, that came out from the combine um, that caught your attention? Not much, man. Um, You know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G is gonna be cheap if you want him. I'm just saying, like he, like just out of nowhere, he's like out for 16 weeks, rehabbing his shoulder, and it's like ill. Like just uh, like, 
I know they did not want that to come out. Like I know they were pissed when they heard that because apparently they didn't know. Like, oh, they didn't. Parents, no, apparently, apparently, like it was something that was discovered like after the season. Oh man, that just craters his market even more, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, ugh, like no, like no way. Like he's fourth rounder. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I can see, the I can see the Colts talking themselves into giving up like a fourth or fifth for Jimmy G, bro. I can see. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Like you, you start talking third, fourth, fifth for Jimmy G, then it's like, okay, we could talk about something. You know, first, second, it's like, eh. mm. <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg Rosenthal said it said the best, man. Jimmy G went for a second when he was traded from New England to San right, Francisco at his peak. At like, his peak. Like, at his thought, peak. When you thought, like, okay, maybe this guy, he went undefeated. Like, he played, like, three or four games when, you know, during the whole deflate day, gate thing. And, you know, he's looking good. And, you know, maybe this potential franchise quarterback here. I remember people were saying, like, man, uh, you know, they only got a two. They only got a two for Jimmy I apologize, listeners. I have had the awful habit tonight of muting Ryan when I try to mute myself because my allergies are like out of control and like I'm sniff like I'm sniffing and I'm not trying to sniff in the microphone, but I accidentally keep muting Ryan. That's my bad. I'm sorry. Oh, good. But yeah, yeah, like you said, like people were making fun of the Patriots because they only got a two for Jimmy G. Right. At his peak. So, So yeah, no way. Like. My guess is they kind of just stick with Jimmy G, man. Like, I mean, I no. don't know. I don't know how much of the I don't know how much the trade the trade Lance stuff is smoke, and them just trying to boost Jimmy G's stock, or if he I mean that really so that that came out last week, right? So yeah. the injury, if if they were trying to boost his stock, that injury news that came out just put that shit in the dumpster, right? Um, one. I, I find this interesting, man, is the Colts going to get rid of Carson Wentz, bro. He out of there. Go. Sorry. What see, is he I, doing? I, sorry. I muted myself because I had a huge sneeze. Uh, huge sneeze. It's weird because just even listening, again, bringing up around the NFL podcast, uh, they had Dak Kiefer, you know, talking about Carson Wentz. And I don't even know who asked the question, but basically the question, like, is it just like football related? Is there something more? And Zach Kiefer was like, it is partly football related, but like, there's some other stuff too. <laughs> and it's like, what, what is Car- up? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> like, he wore out his welcome in, in Philly. He wore out, he's worn out his welcome in one season in Indianapolis, bro. Like those are warning signs, <laughs> huge warning signs. Like what, what is it personally or him as a teammate or whatever that team just want to be like, I'm good. Like, bye. Good. I'll figure bye. It out. And he like, I know he had some warts last season and he didn't play great in some stretches, but it wasn't like, like a terrible. He wasn't. You know, it wasn't like yeah. A, he wasn't like. Don't get me wrong, bro. When Carson Wentz starts fucking Carson Wentz, Carson Winston, I fucking love it because it is hysterical to me. Um, it goes really bad. It does go bad. <laughs> like a Three Stooges skit, bro. Like it's just all over the place. But I just 
what is it about him as a as a as a player now? And I have a feeling that he's going to get cut, and that to me again, I just like piecing and finding like dom- like little dominoes pieces. It's like where the fuck is he going to go? Mm. Calling it right now, bro. If he gets cut, he's going to the Commanders. I was thinking the same thing. He's going to the Commanders. You know, in the division, you know, in his former division, mm-hmm. I, could just, I could just see him going there. I could yep. see it. I could just see it. Because like, I'm like, that's a, like just a team that needs quarterback, and they're quarterback thirsty as fuck. Like they, they, man, they were willing to put Chase Young in, in a trade to get like a stud quarterback, bro, back, bro. Like, yeah, like it was reports that you know to get like an Aaron Rodgers or like a Russell Wilson type, they were willing to put Trey Young in, in trades. I mean, Ron Rivera, he was like, look. Nobody care about what they gave up for Stafford. Yep. So it's like we gonna get it. Um, it's easier said than done because you know it has to be available for it to happen. So it's just hard out there, man. If you can be thirsty, man, we do it. You can be thirsty out here, bro. It's just hard out here. That it just it just kind of goes back to the whole that whole Cardinals thing, like. Y'all sure y'all want to fucking just get rid of Kyler Murray this quickly? Because it is rough in this bitch. Figure that thing out. Um, It's good to see, you know, obviously we don't know what the future's going to hold, but it is good to see Jameis, you know, working out, recovering. Yeah. Or, you know, it looks like he's on schedule, ahead of schedule, whatever the fuck that means. Um, same thing for Jameis and Williams. Uh I'm keeping I'm keeping mind, keeping notes that all the like big time receivers, you know who's met with them? Patriots. Mm. Now, we know Bill Belichick is absolutely fucking terrible at scouting wide receivers, bro. Okay, like every every great person has their weakness, and that has been Bill Belichick's one of his biggest fucking weaknesses, bro, is he cannot scout a wide receiver to save his life. But conversely, there are so many good wide receivers in this draft. Like, and where like, I I have to even look and pick up, find like where like where they're where they're picking. Um, but they've met with John Metchie, they've met with Jameson Williams, I believe they met with Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. Like they are doing their due diligence. Um, and so it goes back to what, what we said, right? And a great point, shout out, I believe his name is Jacoby on Twitter, um, that brought this up. He tweeted this, <clears throat> tweeted this a while ago. So the Patriots are picking 21st, right? Just as an FYI. Um, is he's, he tweeted, why is it at times that they're like teams, no matter what sports, you know, football, basketball, it is so obvious what the problem is like mm. completely obvious. Like you cannot miss it. And most fans who are uninitiated, you know, may not be diehard, you know, hardened, hardcore analysts can break down the all 22. A person at a bar could be like, man, these receivers aren't getting no separation or whatever it is. Right. right. As, as laymen, or lay people, it can be seen, but to teams, it's just it's just like this huge fucking blind spot. And it was such an interesting question. I was like, man, that's such a great point. 
<laughs> well, because with teams, you got to understand they work there. So the fact that they work there, I mean, you have ego involved. Mm. Uh, you have, you know, what we talk about all the time, sunken cost fallacy. There it is. Um, you just have so many little dynamics at play. You know, you got to scout on personnel, executive like, and I met with this guy, you know, twice, you know, over the years. This guy, I believe in him. He just needs to have that one healthy year. He's going to show you. Just little things like that, you know, and they hold on to people too long. They, you know, sometimes they believe in, sometimes they don't believe in somebody that they should, you know. Sometimes they don't give a guy a chance that they should. Um, it's just there's so much, it's so much that goes on to it. We tend to look at these NFL teams and the coaching staffs and the scouts and the personnel departments like they're, don't get me wrong, they are smart. They're very intelligent and they have experience in the field. They're, they're experts in their field. But man, they're human, man. Like they, they are working a job just like you go work your job at wherever, at Target, you know, at the office, at wherever. And just like you work at your job, man, like nobody hitting A pluses every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Some days you're not hitting A pluses, you know? And sometimes the internal dynamics of being a human uh, block you from, you know, doing a good job, especially in football, because the whole thing about football is judging other humans. Yep. You know, it's not, it's not as simple as pulling up analytics or stats. You know, analytics only tell like a part of the story. Watching film only tells a part of the story. And so many other things, man. So it's just hard, bro. It's like so hard. And us as fans, we just watching the game. We just put the game on and like, yep. These niggas ain't getting open at all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just as simple as that. They're not getting open. Get players that can't get open. That's how we look at it. For them, it's like, well, you know, um, Trey Quan Smith, he would get open, but you know, we just got to get him to learn this technique a little better. And you know, if he stayed healthy, you know, he'll be doing this. So they have all their internal things going on that we just not a part of, you know. No, it's, it's a it's a great great point. Well said. Um, trying to wrap things up. One thing I did forget to mention because a lot has transpired these last two days. Two things: the new Giants GM Joe Shad. Whatever, I, I don't care. Josiah, Josiah. There you go. Um, basically said that, you know, if teams were calling, you know, about trade possibility for Saquon Barkley, that, you know, they, they would have to do their due diligence and will listen to phone calls. And it seems like they are open to the possibility of trading Saquon Barkley. So when this came out, I quote tweeted and said, if I'm the Saints, I, I think as a team, you know, you should call, call the Giants, call them up, and see if they want to if they would take a fourth for Saquon. Oh yeah, I I do it because one, I would see it as a rental. It's a one year rental because you're not you're not paying him, right? You right. can be honest that they're not going to pay him. But if the Giants are, are willing to, to trade Saquon, and I think that it, I mean, they are right. The GM pretty much said like. They, they would essentially be open to it without without saying it that openly. 
you got AK who's going to miss six to eight games, maybe at, at least. Um, and I know Saquon isn't the perfect back. I wouldn't want him here long term. Um, but his best play last season, of course, it came against the Saints, and he pulled away, from, <laughs> pulled away from Marshawn Lattimore real quick, bro. Well, he could pull away now. That's that's for sure. Um, so uh, I'm not saying it would be great, but in theory, if you could if you could get Saquon for a fourth, you guys like a seven million dollar cap hit or whatever. Obviously, that would get worked out where he oh. wouldn't have a seven million cap hit. Kyle would do his magic. Shit gets fixed. And if you're in contention and a competitive team and you can get through the AK suspension at, you know, trying to get into the playoffs or maybe having a good record or whatever, and then you could pair AK and Saquon, and then oh, Saquon nice. wouldn't have to be like the dude. So you, you kind of, well, you hope it would lessen his injury concerns. So just saying, bro. Like, I mean, it's not even that crazy. I mean, it's, you're not going to find a quarter uh, running back as talented as Saquon Barkley with a third round pick or a fourth round pick. You're just not like the dude. No, dude is an athletic stud. Now he's also been injured like crazy. You know, very similar to Reggie Bush. Reminds me a lot of Reggie Bush. Different type of players, but just reminds me a lot. Just the injuries. Never could really get that consistency. Going, you know what I'm saying, but just when they on, they on. Like when you see it, when he get the ball and he break away, it's like, ooh, like bam, it's like bam. If he could just figure it all out, um, so yeah, I definitely four round pick easily, bro. Easy. Wouldn't think, think about it. Now I don't. Now uh, the flip side is that the the Giants may be like, no, they no. you know, fourth rounder get the fuck out of yeah. the face. We'll just keep them. What is we? So then the question would be: Would you be willing to trade a third for Saquon? Because remember, you're not paying him. It's going to likely be a rental. Yeah. For me, uh, for me, if it's a third, I'm I'm drafting James Cook in the third. There you go. You go. You go younger. You have that four year contract. But right. if you can get Saquon for a fourth, I'd be all in. You go for it. He could be the guy while AK sideline, and then you could pair him. Man, I'll say this just for the sake of fun: an AK Saquon backfield. Oh, if if a, after AK's done with his suspension, man, listen, that, that would be lit. Ooh, like in, in the Superdome, we're just seeing like get a run where he like because then you kind of kill two birds with one stone, right? You yeah. put Saquon, you put Saquon in the backfield at the running back position. You can put AK. And a lot are like yeah. in the slot wide receiver, and maybe you drop. Just like you can, you drop, you you get Jameis back. You take a wide receiver at eighteen, and you get Michael Thomas something. Where you something with that? And as a defense, you like, well, shit. We gotta count for are they gonna run the ball? Then we gotta count for AK yeah. in the slot, and then well, we gotta make sure we have a cornerback on Mike Thomas. I'm just saying, bro, like. There's ways, and we we did a, an hour and a half episode. There's so many ways that this offense can be reshaped in, oh, yeah. in, in different ways. And, again, it's easy for me to say, right, because I'm just saying do this, do this, do this, and, you know, you know, 
Now, that's a phone call the Giants be like, <laughs> fuck you, bye, click. But well, yeah, it's just it's exciting to think about. And look, the good news is the Saints doing work, man. They've been doing their cap, you know, crazy economics all this week. I think Michael uh, Michael Thomas has like a one million dollar base salary now. Like they attacked all ghost years to his shit. They just so he, he ain't going nowhere. Mike Thomas nowhere. ain't going nowhere. Like he's <laughs> he's on the team for at least the next two years, bro. Like the way his contract is now. He is locked up. So, you know, they're, they're getting under the cap. So they're getting ready to make some moves, man. Whatever it's going to be, we're going to see. I mean, keep in mind, bro. Uh, free agency is like in two weeks, bro. Man. Two weeks. Um, One last thing I wanted to hit on, and then we can we can get out of here and talk about a little bit about like the draft party in Vegas or what have you. This bullshit about Mitchell fucking Trubisky and all the chatter and fucking combine. It's like, yeah, all these GMs and executives are like, maybe instead of drafting a quarterback or Mr. Trubisky, they act like this nigga done got saved, like was just a born-again quarterback one year in fucking Buffalo, bro. <laughs> that gotta be agent-driven, bro. But, like, yeah, I'm sure it is. But, like, I saw Matt Miller, who I wish I could reblock, tweet about it. And then Cynthia Freeland had, like, quoted his tweet. Like, it everywhere you turn, everyone's talking about, and maybe, maybe Mitch just has a good, a good fucking agent, bro. Maybe Mitch's agent just working, bro. Just rising. But the fact that there, there's this buzz that a team, and I'm sure – it wouldn't be sh- it wouldn't be shocked if it happened at all. A team is going to sign Mr. Trubisky, um, probably like a very incentive latent contract, and to kind of give him like another like rebirth chance to be a starter for one season for them, and he is going to be quote unquote good, and that just shows you how down this quarterback class is. It is infuriating as someone who's actually watched some of these quarterbacks to like you're really telling me that. Malik Willis is, is, is not better than fucking Mr. Trubisky. Like, Kenny Pickett is not better than Mr. Trubisky. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, it is. It insults it's my intelligence, honestly. It really does. I, I don't get it. Like, we, we know what Mr. Trubisky is. You know, I think he still has a life in his league. He could be a tight end, halfback. You know, you need to look at Taysom Hill, man. Like, you could do that, you know. Um they really tried to get the dude to succeed in Chicago. Like, I don't know what else you want to do. I don't know what else you can do to, you know, make him look great. People are like, oh, he looked good in the preseason game for the Bills. I'm like, man, what? <laughs> you know who else looked good in the preseason game? Fucking Zach Bond. Fucking Marquez <laughs> Callaway. Like, fuck out my face. Like, please. I, I don't care about preseason, man. Like, that dude is not a good quarterback, man. He's not a good quarterback. Like in this, I I'd rather Mar- uh, Mariota. Easily, know, like, easily, easily, man. Like, stop it. Just stop it. It's it's ridiculous, but yet, I, but I say it's ridiculous, but yet, I it wouldn't shock me at all to see a fucking team do this shit. No, and this. 
this is the second offseason, by the way, that the Saints have been linked to Mitchell Trubisky because they were linked to him a little bit last season. Uh, well, we'll see, bro. You know? I don't know if you remember that, bro, for like a hot second. Yeah. I bring in Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I, don't, I don't mind bringing him in. Not as a starter. But I, I don't mind having him in the building, you know, sit behind Blake Bortles. <laughs> um, would you People trade... sleeping on Blake Bortles, bro. I, I'm saying, bro, give him the boat. Give him the boat. Blake Bortles put some touchdowns on that boy, bro. <laughs> give him the boat, bro. Um, would you trade for Cardinals wide receiver Andy Isabella? Yes or no? Are we that desperate? Uh... I just like the draft, bro. Like I think the yes. draft has just some, you know, comparable guys that you could do. Like everybody yes. just go that route. Yes, I, I you know. Unless you trade for like a dog, you know. what I mean, come on, man. Like let's just see what the draft does. See what we can get out there. That's that's assuming these dudes do draft around. Oh my god, we'll see. Let's speaking of the draft, we talked about it. So Vegas is happening. Uh, Ryan, Bree, myself, my girl will be in Vegas. Um, what Wednesday? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I gotta look and see if we're flying in Wednesday night or if we're flying in Thursday morning. I don't know, but we're hitting up Vegas. Uh, the four of us will be having a bougie fucking dinner on Friday night, enjoying Vegas drinks, food, steak, what have you. In regards to the draft meetup, so if you're planning to, if you live in the area, if you want to join us in Vegas, um, or if you got baller status, and you and I, I'm gonna tell people this right now, listen to this podcast. If you're looking to to meet to do the draft meetup in Vegas, please, please, please look to get your flight and your room, especially your fucking room, Ooh. ASAP, bruh. Preferably an Airbnb. I'm saying this because that weekend is the NFL draft and it's some big UFC fight that same weekend. So the prices are out of control. Out of control. Out of control. So if you're looking to join us, and again, no one has to. I know we've seen some, you know, some some tweets that people want to are going to join us. So if you're looking to to do this. Please get on that shit now because it's only going to get more pricey as it gets closer. Um, if there is enough people in terms of where we're going to do the draft, meet and greet, party, whatever you want to call it, that is still not known. Ryan sent me something that Drew's trying to put a walk out on in Vegas. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah, walk ons. Ryan and I don't know yet if we're going to be credentialed so we could be actually at the inside the draft. Um, so we don't know if we're going to be able to, if we're going to basically like live stream our reactions from inside the draft, or if we're going to do a, like a, a draft party. We don't know yet. Right. We've got some, we've got some kinks to work out, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Say, I'm going to say it multiple times before the event. If we do have a draft party. Okay. If we have a draft party at some type of venue or place, um, Ryan and I, to some degree, will have to be 
doing some type of recording, whether it's a show, video, whatever you want to, whatever for the draft. If you're going to attend, if you are on your phone and getting spoiled by like tweets of who the picks are, you absolutely cannot fucking tell us who the picks are before it happens. Or else we will kindly ask you to get your fucking ass and leave the draft party. The part, the the point of us doing a draft show is for our reactions to be natural and in the moment when they happen, not for us to be spoiled because then it ruins the reaction. We did this last year in, on YouTube, and for the most part, it went well. But like, there was one pick where someone was like. Oh, Adam, your heart's gonna be broken. And I like I put two and two together and I was like, oh, the Giants draft fucking Kadarius Stone, right? Uh-huh. Don't do that shit. So if you're if you're gonna come, we don't we don't know yet, but we're gonna try to make it happen. If we're gonna do an actual draft meet and greet in person, do not if we're not saying that you can't look up who the pick's gonna be, right? You can do that. Don't don't tell us and don't be loud that we can hear who the pick's gonna be, because it will ruin it for what the purpose of us recording. So right. just want to put that out there. Um, but I'm excited about it. Um, I, as Michael Scott said on the office, I am ready to be hurt again. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> ready to be hurt again. Uh, but this is, bro, this, these next two weeks and, and, couple, and like month and a half of the Saints is, such a pivotal point in their in the franchise, bro. It oh is, yeah, it is so huge. But this man is yawning. It's eleven eighteen there. This man is forty years old. We gotta wrap this shit up. Uh, <laughs> wrap this shit up. We appreciate you guys for listening. Sorry, there's like this gap, but it was kind of dead. And Ryan's birthday happened, and whatever. But we're back. Mighty growl. Shit was happening, but we're back. That shit is actually happening in the NFL. Um, yeah. We'll be doing more episodes. I started working on my Saints spreadsheet a little bit this morning. Kind of got the, the the buzz about like who they drafted and per conference, which conference percentage they do the best when they're drafting. All this information is from wow. 2006. Um, I started doing this project five, six years ago, six, seven years ago. And I've just been adding on it since to each, each draft class as they come and gone. So maybe for our next episode after, you know, we can talk about combine results and all that shit, yeah. but also kind of just talk about, again, it's a little weird because this is no longer Sean Payton's team, but it still kind of is Sean Payton's team. So we can talk about the positions the Saints tend to draft the highest, uh, their hit rate, things like that. And just little draft nuggets that the team has had since 2006. So that'll, that'll probably be the plan for our next episode. With that, we're going to get out of here. Thank everyone for listening, um, being fans, being contributors. Uh, this past month in February was the biggest month we've been able to do on Patreon, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. fucking amazing. Like, keep in mind, like, all these things that we're doing – uh, draft parties, things like that. As, as you guys know, like this is not our job. This is not our, our primary means of income. Um, 
So no, like there isn't like a company who's paying us to go have a fucking draft party. Just like when 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 we went to or when I went to Alabama to Senior Bowl, like I flipped I flipped the bill for that because I wanted to do it and experience it, and also I wanted to do it for the podcast. So when we're doing these things. These are doing we're doing out of our own dime. So Ryan is scrambling up and you know filing trying to find tax returns so him and Bree can get to Vegas. Um, pennies, counting pennies, baby. Like, um, me and my girl are going going to Vegas. Like when we do the draft, if we do a draft show at the, like a party during the draft, like we're gonna have to figure out, okay, do we like rent out like uh, like one of those like party rooms and like have a team? We got you know these. This is shit that's coming from us because this is what we do for fun and it's our passion. So for all our Patreons who have been, you know, whether you've been a Patreon from day one or you're a new Patreon, we really want you to know that we really appreciate you and to know that the the your hard-earned money that you that y'all contribute does get put into this podcast. It a hundred percent does. Um and you know, so that's why we try to do things like draft parties and things like that. And we kind of try to do more things where our patron, especially our Patreon people. Um, are involved. So thank thank y'all for last month being our biggest, you know, Patreon month to date. Um, it's again, it's great. We really appreciate it. And you know, hopefully if you haven't, if you haven't yet become a Patreon, even if you just donate a dollar, just one dollar a month, we we would be extremely grateful of that. Yes. Um, so with that, I'm gonna done wrapping up, getting out of here. We're out. We'll be back later in the week. We're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.